Well, good morning to each and every one of you. Happy Thanksgiving. It's great to see all of you here on site and welcome to all of you who have joined us online right here in the city of Ottawa and across the nation of Canada, globally around the world. I have a question. How many people love the Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, come on, how many people love the Thanksgiving dinner? Put your hand down. Put your hand down. How many people think the turkey's the best part of the Thanksgiving dinner? I want to see you turkeys. There you are, right there. <laughs> how many people love the apple pie? Yeah. Potatoes gravy? Potatoes gravy? Now here's my favorite, the stuffing. Come on, how many people know the stuffing rocks? It's the best part. Well, I pray that all of you would have an amazing Thanksgiving weekend. And may we not just be Thanksgiving today, may we be thankful every single day of the year. Amen. How many people are ready for God's Word? Come on, are you ready for God's Word? You ready for God's Word? Well, last Sunday we began a brand new seven-part sermon series that we're calling I Am. And we're exploring the seven I am sayings of Jesus. Seven times Jesus in the Gospel of John said, I am. And he declares, I am. And we declare that he is. And last week, we looked at the theme that he is when he said, I am the bread of life. Well, I want you to get your Bible out and turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12. And there is an outline on our church website, and we have Wi-Fi here in the building, the password, here it is, WP Church, and you can pull up the outline, it's there. In John, chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus made this amazing declaration. It says when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want to declare to you that that great I am saying is personal, it is present, and it is powerful. Could we bow our heads? Father God, I pray this morning, as we take a couple of moments on this Thanksgiving Sunday to talk about you, Jesus, the light of life, I pray that you give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and that you would be honored and glorified in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Well, there's four things that I want to talk to you about this morning as we talk today about Jesus being the light of the world. First of all, I want to give you five properties of light. Five properties of light. And the first property of light that I want to share with you, number one, is that light reveals I mean, you know, when it's dark, you may not see something, but it's there. The darkness conceals it, but the light reveals it. So I, I need a little help to do this. Pastor Kyle, I need you to come and join me on the platform. Pastor Kyle, where are you? I, where's, where's, where's Pastor? Is Pastor Kyle sitting by you? Anyone see Pastor Kyle? Pastor Kyle. Pastor Matt, I, I'm going to need your help. I, I don't know where Pastor Kyle is. Pastor, Pastor Matt, come on, come on up here. And I, I, I want you to, to bring that, that, that old spotlight right to the front here. This is the blast from the past. If any of you were in the front line children's choir 20, 25 years ago, you'll remember this spotlight. Now, I need to prepare you. We're going to turn all the lights down. It's going to get dark here for a moment, but everything's going to be all right. We're trying to figure out where Pastor Kyle is. So let's... Let's get the auditorium real, real dark, real dark. It's going to get real dark. Pastor Kyle, where are you? I'm up here. Where? I'm up here, Pastor Mark. Where? I'm up here. Oh, where? Are you over there? Are you, you there? No, no. Oh, there. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, 
There's Pastor Kyle. Come on, everybody welcome Pastor Kyle. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. All right, let's put the lights back on. You see, boys and girls, adults, light reveals, but darkness conceals. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, verse 13, every, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And sometimes in our walk with God, there's some dark areas that we've hidden for a long time. And my prayer today is that God would expose his light on those dark areas because the revealing is the beginning of the healing. So number one, light reveals. But number two, light not just reveals, light gives life. And, and, you know, this is the time of year. If you notice that it's getting darker really early. I mean, the other day I got home from the church. I wanted to cut the lawn. And I barely got the lawn cut before it became dark. And we're in a season of COVID. And it's kind of hard because sometimes it feels so dark. But light gives life. Light gives life. And the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 4, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And Jesus, the light of the world, gives us life. But then there's number three. I love this. Light scatters darkness. It pushes the darkness away. It just kind of just pushes against the darkness and it overcomes it. In John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Light scatters darkness. But then there's number four. Light gives warmth. I'm told that if we were up way up north in the Arctic and we were in an igloo and we lit a candle, they say that the candle right in an igloo can raise the temperature greatly. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 7, light is sweet and it pleases the eye to see the sun. And I've discovered in the Bible, warmth is often equated with comfort. How many people are glad that Jesus can bring us comfort at all times? Sometimes it's tough in life. But Jesus can bring us comfort. And then there's number five, light provides guidance. You ever got up in the middle of the night and you tried to go to the kitchen to get a glass of milk and it's, it's dark as can be and you can't see and you need to get your phone and turn the light on on your phone and light provides guidance. It says in Psalm 43 verse 3, send me your light and your faithful care, let them lead me. And so I've just given you these five properties of light, but I want to take you to number two, and I want to talk to you for a couple of moments about light in the Bible. And there's a lot of scriptures that spoke about light. And I just wonder, when Jesus made this statement, I am the light of the world, if the audience thought of some of these scriptures, let me take you way back to the very first point. The first thing God created was light. Remember in creation? What's the first thing God created? light. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 down to verse 5, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He says in verse 2, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day and he called the darkness and he called, he called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. I wonder when Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, 
if his audience thought back to the first thing that God created was light. But then there's number two. Now, I know your note says that the first plague was darkness, but the truth is, it wasn't the first plague, it was the ninth plague. Do you remember Moses was called by God to lead the Israelites and, and to lead them out of captivity and Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go? And there was a bunch of plagues. There was the plagues of the water turned to blood. There was the, the plague of the flies, the gnats. There was the, the plague of the boils. But the ninth plague was a plague of darkness. Let me read about it in Exodus 10. The Lord said to Moses in verse 21, stretch out your hand towards the sky so that darkness spread over Egypt. Darkness that can be felt. Let that sink in. Sometimes it can be so dark, but you can actually feel the darkness. And Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky and total darkness covered all of Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else or move about for three days, but I love this. But all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. I wonder when Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, if the audience thought back to the ninth plague. Amazing that darkness covered all of the Egyptians, but light shone over God's people, a supernatural light. But then there's number three. I wonder when Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, if the audience thought about how God led the Israelites for 40 years with light. Do you remember when the Israelites were going through the wilderness? He led them by a pillar of cloud by day and by, a, by fire and light at night. It says in verse 21 of Exodus 13, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or they could travel by night. I wonder when Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, if the audience thought, number four, how Jesus was prophesied as being light. Let me give you two verses. Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. How about Isaiah 60, verse 1, down to verse 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, a thick darkness over the people, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn over you. And then number five, God is referred to as light. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. You see, church, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he was declaring his deity. He was declaring that he is God. But then there's one more thing. I couldn't wait to share this, number six. I want to talk to you for a few moments about heaven and light. But before I share this, how many people are looking forward to going to heaven to be with Jesus forever? I am. Come on, how many people are looking forward to going to heaven to be with Jesus forever? I want to talk to you for a few moments about light and heaven, and maybe you didn't know this, but in Revelation 21, verse 23 and 24, it talks about the, the new Jerusalem. The city does not need the sun or the moon. I'm glad for the sun in the day, and I'm glad for the moon at night. But it talks about the city, the new heaven, does not need the sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, 
and the Lamb, which is Jesus, is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. How about Revelation 22, verse 5? Church, when we get to heaven, there's going to be no more night. There will be no need. The light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. You see, church, when we get to heaven, we're not going to need a light switch. We're not going to need the moon. We're not going to need the sun. Jesus is going to be the light. He's going to be the light in heaven for eternity. Come on, give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord God today. I wonder when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If his audience were thinking back to some of these scriptures, I just wonder. I want to take you to number three. And I want to talk to you about the context of this great, startling, amazing statement. When Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, the first thing I want to share with you, number one, is that the word light is used 16 times in the Gospel of John. It's a theme. 16 times in the Gospel of John. One of those verses is John 1 verse 9, the true light. Uh, not the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. John was painting the picture towards Jesus being the light of the world. But then there's number two. I'm trying to bring this together. Number two. When Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, it's actually the third wilderness metaphor. And a metaphor is a comparison. In the first metaphor we talked about last week in John 6.35, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he's comparing that he's the bread of life to the manna that came down from heaven. And one of the wilderness metaphors that Jesus used takes you back when they were wandering through the wilderness and God fed them with supernatural manna and he took that as a metaphor and said, I am the light of the world. And then in chapter 7, look at the screen, chapter 7, verse 37, on the last and the greatest day of the festival, that was the Feast of Tabernacles. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I don't know if you know this, but when they were wandering in the wilderness, Moses struck the rock and water came out. And Jesus picks up the metaphor of striking of the rock and water came out. And he, and he takes that as a metaphor. And he says, if anyone who is thirsty comes to me and drink, I'm the living water. And then the third metaphor is what we've got in chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, the, the metaphor back in the wilderness is when there was the pillar of cloud and, or the pillar of fire at night that was guiding them. You see, you see, there's three wilderness metaphors. The brand of life goes back to the manna. When he said, I'm, I'm the water of life, it goes back to the striking of the rock and the water came out. And when he said, I'm the light of the world, it goes back to the metaphor, when, the metaphor of the pillar of fire that guided them at night. But I want you to notice, this is number three, that this expression, this startling statement, when Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, it connects with the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, I don't have the time to explain all to you about the Feast of Tabernacles, but, but, I, but I, want you to, I, want, I, want, I want to show you something here. If you go back to Leviticus 23, you would learn that the Israelites were to celebrate once a year the Feast of Tabernacles, and for seven days, they were to live in these huts or these shacks that were made with branches. 
And, and they were to stay in these huts or these shacks for one, one week. And it was to be symbolic of the, the suffering and the difficulty of, in the wilderness. But let me jump now into the New Testament. And I'm told that in Jesus' day, when the Jewish people were celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, get ready for this, they would literally put four huge candelabras up, 75 feet high. And they would light the candles on each of those 75 feet high candelabras. And they would be lit for seven days. They said it was so bright that it would light the temple. It was so bright, everyone in Jerusalem could see the light. And it was symbolic of them waiting for the light of the world. Waiting for the anointed one. Waiting for the Messiah. I'm told on the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles, after the Jewish people in Jesus' day had those candelabras lit, on the seventh day they would blow out the lights because they were waiting for the true light to come. <laughs> Church, look at your notes in John 7, 37. It says, on the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Most Bible scholars believe when you come to chapter 8, it's still the last day of the, the festival of the tabernacles. Oh, church, I'm hoping this is coming together. If this, if this is the way it is, it's the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles and, and the four huge candelabras have been lit for one week, shining in the temple and shining all through Jerusalem. And, and, and then now they blow them out and it's the last day. And on the last and the greatest day of the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stands up and says, I am the light of the world. I don't want you to miss it today. When Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, he was fulfilling the expectation. He was fulfilling the waiting of the Jewish people for the promised Messiah. He had just given the metaphor of the man of the bread of life. He'd just given the metaphor of, of him being the living water. When they struck the rock, the water came out. And he just talked about the metaphor of the light, the pillar of fire that guided them by night. But now it's the end of the Feast of Tabernacles and the huge candelabras, the lights, the candles are blown out and Jesus stands up and says, guess what? I am the true light of the world. How many people are glad today that Jesus is, is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. And so with all of this in mind today, I want to take you to number four. I want to give you the application of what this means when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And I want to read to you again, John 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I want to leave you today with seven words. Seven words, all of these words begin with the letter R, but these are, these are words that I want you to have it sinking in your spirit today. The first word is, is repetition. Number one, repetition. I want you to notice in the first part of verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people. And why I point this out to you today 
It's Jesus spoke again to the people. And I want to declare to you, Jesus wants to speak again to you and me today. I believe that Jesus has a word that he wants to speak into your spirit today. I don't know about you, but every day I get up, I say, Jesus, talk to me. Jesus, give me a fresh word. Jesus, give me hope for this dark season. Jesus, give me a life-giving word for the difficulty I'm walking. I don't know about you, but I think there's a number of you walking through darkness and difficulty and despair. But Jesus, the light of the world has a fresh word for you today. Somebody say amen. Number one, repetition. Number two, revelation. I want you to notice that he said, I am the light. Revelation. I want to declare to you today that revelation, a revelation from God without transformation, is only information. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. A revelation without a transformation is only information. You see, you can walk out today with some information from the Bible, but I don't want you to walk out with just information from the Bible. I want God to take the living word and apply it to my life and your life and bring a God change in our lives. How many people believe God wants to take a revelation and turn it into a transformation? He said, I am the light. Number one, repetition. Number two, revelation. And, and, and let me take it to number three, redemption. Number three, redemption. He said, of the world, whoever, of the world, whoever. You see, redemption is for all of us. God has a work that he wants to do, not just in my life, but in your life and in the lives of everyone. Redemption is for everyone. I, I want to read to you John chapter 12, verse 46, where Jesus said, I've come into this world as a light so that no one who believes in me shall stay in the darkness. I want to read to you Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and verse 14. I love these verses. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. How many people are glad that he has rescued you from the dominion of darkness? Come on, church. And he's brought you into the kingdom of light. Number one, repetition. Number two, revelation. And number three, redemption. But the fourth word is response. He said, follows me. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me. You see, there's a day that I made a decision for Jesus, but God wants it not just to be a decision. He wants me to be a disciple. He wants me to keep growing. He wants there to be a response. And I believe the Lord today wants you to hear the word and let there to be a response. But then there's number five, a result. A result will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Church, I want you to look this way in the main auditorium. You're watching online. Look at me right now because many of you are feeling the darkness of the COVID season. 
Many of you are feeling the darkness of what you are walking through. Some of you are walking through physical challenges. Some of you are walking through financial challenges. Some of you are walking through depression. Some of you are walking through bondages. Some of you are walking through great difficulty. Some of you are facing mountains that you have never faced before. Some of you have walked in these doors today going, my challenge is so big. I'm here to declare to you today that God doesn't want you to stay in darkness. He wants you to live in the light of God. He wants to take his light and push away the darkness in the name of Jesus. He wants to push away the darkness of despair and bring to you and I the light of his joy. Amen. He wants to push away the problems and he wants to bring forth his miracle. Somebody, somebody, somebody say amen today. Then there's number six, repent. I've been asking myself this for this whole, this whole week. God, am I living like a person of light? For you were once darkness, it says in Ephesians 5 verse 8. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. I want to live as a child of light. I, I want to live as a child of the living God. Anybody this morning glad for Jesus the light? of the world. Come on, anybody glad for Jesus, the light of the world? The final word that I want to leave with you is reflect. Because I want to take you now in our final moments to Matthew 5, 14 to 16. It's interesting that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But then in verse 14 of Matthew 5, he said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. I'm picturing Jesus when he shared these words, pointing to a hill and pointing to a town. Many of the towns were on hills and they could not be hidden. And he said, just like a town is built on a hill and it cannot be hidden, you are the light of the world. Look at verse 15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. You don't do that. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. I want to tell you that your pastoral team is getting ready for Christmas. And we know that Christmas is coming and it's not going to be the same because of COVID. And we're going to, yes, have Christmas Eve service, but we're asking ourselves questions as a pastoral team. How can we bring the light of Jesus to the darkness that our city is feeling? And we're sensing God saying to us, take the entire month of December and lead the church through some practical ways to bring light to the city of Ottawa. And you're going to hear some cool things in the next number of months of what we can do and what God wants us to do to reflect his light in the city of Ottawa. There's a lot of discouraged people. There's a lot of people feeling down. There's a lot of people feeling low. But church, isn't it good news that we've got Jesus, the light of the world, inside of us? And we got to let that light, come on, Woodville, we got to let that light of Jesus get out. And we got to shine the light to one another. So Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I declare to you in this brief message today, 
that Jesus wants to shine his light into your life and my life. And I believe on this Thanksgiving weakness, week, weekend, what God wants to do is he wants to step into this service this morning. And he wants to step into your life and my life. And I'm looking at the boys and the girls and children. I know it's tough going to school and it's not the same as it was. And some of you are being homeschooled. It's a big adjustment. And I'm looking at you as adults and, and I know it's not as easy in your workplace right now. I'm looking at some of our seniors. I know it's tough. And I know there's many of you watching online and, and you're finding life really difficult. Here's what I believe God wants to do on this Thanksgiving weekend. He wants to step into this service, whether you're on site or online. And he wants to push back the darkness and reveal a freshness of his light. Come on, somebody, somebody, somebody say amen. So I want to invite you to stand and I want to invite the worship band and team to come. And we want to sing this morning. The worship band and team is going to sing a song that's been around for a number of years. And it talks about Jesus, the light of the world, stepping down into our darkness. And then the song leads us to the words, here I am to worship. And I want to invite you from youngest to eldest, as they begin to sing, as they begin to sing this powerful song, and Sam, you said it so well today, we may, we may not be able to sing, but we can still worship. Church isn't the same, but Jesus is the same. Life isn't the same, but Jesus is the same. How many people are glad? that Jesus is the light, the light. Light pushes back darkness. Darkness conceals, but light reveals. And I want to invite you in these final moments as Sam and the worship team sing, let's worship. Let's lift our hands. Let's give Him praise. Let's believe that Jesus, the light of the world, would just step in right now, whether we're here on site or we're at home, and just push back the darkness that's trying to overwhelm us, that we would just be flooded with the light of God. Go ahead, sing, Sam. The light of the world, you step down into darkness, open my eyes, let me heart adoring hope of a life spent with you so here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to stand you're my God you're all together loving all together 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 together
First of all, maybe you're standing here today or you're watching online. And if today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, you're not certain if you're ready for heaven. Was there a time, was there a place, was there a moment that you asked Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior? You asked Him to come in your life. You asked Him to forgive you of your sins. You asked Him to be the center of your life. You confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I don't want you to hope you're going to heaven. I want you to know that you're going to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you're standing here today or you're watching online, you're like, I, I've never heard it explained that way. I'm here to tell you there is life in Jesus. 
He came to this world. He died for you. He shed His blood for you. The way to heaven is a personal relationship with Jesus. And if you've never done that, I want to lead you in this prayer. And we're going to join you as you pray. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. I make my peace with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, open your eyes and just celebrate salvations today. Come on, celebrate salvations. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your life, you've made the best decision of your life. You're here in the auditorium on your way out. There's going to be tables outside. We've got a Bible for you, a little booklet for you. Every week, people are dropping by to get the Bible or the booklet. Drop by. And we're going to direct you to one of our discipleship classes to help you in your new faith. And if you're watching online and you accepted Jesus, there's, there's places on our media where you can reach out to us. And we will reach back to you. We're going to help you in your new faith journey. And if you accept Jesus Christ and you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, would be honored if you joined us in the journey. But before I go, I want to, before you go, I want to pray for you today. We've talked about Jesus, the light of the world, and we've talked today about how Jesus gives us life. We've talked how Jesus, the light of the world, guides us. And I want to pray that the Lord would push back the darkness and release His light and lead you and direct you. So Father God, in these final moments, I pray for everyone on site, I pray for everyone online, that you, the light of the world, would bring life into our spirits today. I pray that you would show us any dark area that you want to reveal. That God, I know that the revealing is the beginning of the healing. And I pray that you would bring healing to the hurts and the pain and the dark areas of our life. Jesus, would you do that supernaturally today? But I also pray just like you, God, led the Israelites when they were in the wilderness, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by the day, that you would lead each one. I pray, God, that we would just take this revelation that you're the light of the world and let it become personal in our life. I pray, God, as I shared in the sermon, let this not just be information. Let there be transformation. And I pray, Lord, that we would not walk under a cloud of darkness, but I pray that we would walk under the light of you, Jesus. And lastly, I pray that you would help us at our workplace at our schools, in our neighborhood, and in this great city and in this region to reflect you, the light, to those that are around us. I pray, God, as we step in a few months into the Christmas season, that you would help us as a church in the month of December to do some creative things to be the light in this region. God, I'm so excited. Thank you, Lord, for a church that really wants to do all they can to reach people for you. But God, before we go, we want to thank you for who you are, the light of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, could you put your hands together and celebrate our Lord. Amen.